the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Today the Church celebrates the memorial of Our Lady of the Rosary, used to be called the Feast of Our Lady of Victory, and now it's Our Lady of the Rosary. And in the suggested readings for the Mass for today, the Church puts us in the upper room as the Apostles and Our Lady and some other holy women await Pentecost. When they entered the city, we read in Acts chapter 1, when they entered the city, they went to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. All these devoted themselves with one accord to prayer, together with some women, and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Jesus, in this time of prayer, it's so good for our faith, so good for us in this present day and age, this time that the church is going through, to see the apostles united with Our Lady. We could say united around Our Lady in prayer. And we pray. We pray for the Holy Father. We pray for all of the Synod Fathers in Rome, the Synod on Synodality, going on now. We pray for the union of the church. We pray for clarification of doctrinal issues that that might have been confused at different times during our own time. We pray for unity. We pray for the unity of the church together with the Pope that all the bishops and all the lay faithful and all the priests be united, be united in the sacraments and in expressing and living the one true faith. And in a way, the more things change, the more they stay the same. We, the church, in a certain sense, is still in that upper room. We're still with Our Lady. When we pray to Mary, we pray through Mary. When we pray to Mary, we could say we pray with Mary. Because when we ask Our Lady to pray for us, which is what we do, intercessory prayer, we Get her to pray for us. Right? To pray to Our Lady is to get her to pray with us and for us. And so this beautiful scene described here by St. Luke, the Acts of the Apostles, all of those apostles and these other holy women praying with Our Lady. And they're praying for themselves. They're praying for the church. They're praying for the future of the church. They're praying for us. And among the prayers to Our Lady, the Rosary has a kind of special place. It has a privileged place in Marian devotion and in Catholic piety in general. The Rosary is a special prayer. And we should do it. We should do it even if we get distracted, even if we find it boring, even if it's not our favorite thing to do. It, we should do the Rosary. It's a beautiful prayer. It's a beautiful part of our heritage and it's very powerful. Say the Holy Rosary, St. Maria writes. 
Say the Holy Rosary, blessed be that monotony of Hail Marys, which purifies the monotony of your sins. Right? If we're going to be bored or have a monotonous life, well, it might as well be the monotony of Hail Marys and not the monotony, not the monotony of our sins or of, or of our other distractions. When thinking of the rosary and how easy it is to get distracted and how sometimes I find myself praying the rosary and not realizing that I started a new decade because I'm in the car praying or because I just have a lot on my mind. There comes to mind a saying of G.K. Chesterton, which is a wonderful saying. He says, if something is worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. And if something is worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. I don't don't fail to do something just because it's hard or you're not good at it or you know that you might end up not doing it in a great way. Of course, we try to do anything we do better, including the rosary. We try to pay attention. We try to have intentions. We try to make it directed to Our Lady. We focus on the words. We think about the mysteries. All those are beautiful things, beautiful ways of trying to pray the rosary well. That said, if we find it difficult, if we get distracted, hey, that's okay too. It's better to pray poorly than not to pray at all. If something is worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. You always leave the rosary for later, St. Maria writes, and you end up not saying it at all because you are sleepy. If there is no other time, say it in the street without letting anybody notice it. It will, moreover, help you to have presence of God. And so maybe we're not outside in the street a lot, but perhaps we have a long commute and we can say the main part of the rosary during the commute, or we can get even get an extra part of the rosary in. Or perhaps there's times during the day we're at home and there's not much going on. It's kind of a downtime. Yeah, we, could, we could use that time to pray the rosary, to go for a little walk outside or a walk even around the house. Praying the rosary, or sitting down in the living room, and, and getting the rosary in. St. John Paul II was kind of famous for a kind of constancy with which he prayed the rosary. He often had rosary beads in his hands between meetings, waiting for things. It was kind of like his go-to. The hand would go in the pocket and the rosary beads would come out. The sense of constantly praying to Our Lady, constantly putting his intentions in her hands. And that's something we can imitate. And Jesus, when we pray the rosary, help us to be very supernatural about it. We don't just want to ask Our Lady for things. We don't just want to entrust things to her, which of course we do. But even more than that, even deeper than that, we want to use the rosary to become like Our Lady. We want to imitate who we're praying to. We want to use the rosary to be united to Our Lady, to come to be more and more like her. And what is Our Lady like? Well, I think the the best description of Our Lady is given by St. Elizabeth. It's a scene that we contemplate in the second joyful mystery, the Visitation. Blessed is she who believed 
that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Our Lady is special because of her humility, and she's special because of this. I think especially because of this, her faith, her trust in God. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. I think sometimes when we think about Our Lady, we think that she's so holy, she's so good, she was filled with so much grace, that things were easy for her, that she had a special connection with God, and so it made her life easy, even the difficult parts. She kind of just knew what was going to happen and knew that she was going to be okay. And that's just not true. It's not warranted from Scripture. She had to believe that God could do and would do things that seemed impossible. She had to trust him when what he was doing shook her to her core. Very difficult things for her to understand or accept. She had to believe. And that's hard for anyone, right? Our minds are given to us by God to know reality. And to the extent that we know reality, know what's going on, know what we should do, know what's going to happen. Well, to that extent, we're confident in the future, confident in the present and what we're doing. And when that becomes obscured, when we don't see for ourselves what's going to happen or how we're going to be okay or how any of this makes any sense, and our basic like security for happiness or peace is threatened, well, then it's hard. It's hard, it's hard to trust God when we don't see clearly what he's up to, when we can't make out for ourselves how this is going to work or how this is going to turn out well. And God put Our Lady through that. She thought she was called to be a virgin. And then the angel comes and says, no, you're going to be the mother of the Messiah. And she's like, well, how the, how the heck is that going to happen? And the angel says, trust me, right? <laughs> trust me, God can do it. With him, all things are possible. And so she has to trust that, yes, she can be a mother and still have that vocation as as virgin, as handmaid of the Lord, right? belonging totally to God. And then when Jesus is 12, he bolts, he runs away from home, basically. He takes off and they're on their way back from Jerusalem. And they notice that he's not with them, he's gone. And they look for him for three days, three days, anxious searching for the child Jesus. And then they find him and not only does he not apologize, but he kind of like blames her for being anxious, blames her for worrying, blames her even for coming to look for him. Why did you seek me? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? Why did you seek me? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? And Our Lady and St. Joseph don't get it. And scripture records for us very clearly They did not understand the saying. They didn't understand Jesus' answer, Jesus' reply. And so this was very hard. It wasn't like Our Lady, you know, once he said it, it wasn't like she said, oh, yeah, oh, that makes sense. I remember I was reading in the book of Proverbs the other day how we need to trust God because sometimes he runs away from us and gets lost in the temple. And, okay, yeah, now I remember. Yeah, thank thank you for the explanation, son. No, she totally doesn't understand 
How could he do that to her? How could he leave her? How could he put her through that? And yet she doesn't rebel. She has to trust what she doesn't see for herself. She has to believe is there. She doesn't see the reason for this. She doesn't see the good in this. She doesn't see why he did it. But she has to trust that God has a reason, that there is a good, that there is an explanation. And that was hard. And that is hard. And then, of course, at the foot of the cross, right, this is where Our Lady has to trust God's plan above all, right, to say yes to her son's own death on the cross. And so when we pray the rosary, we see these joyful mysteries and these sorrowful mysteries. Of course, we use it. We use it um, a lot to pray for people, to pray for things. But we also use it to contemplate what Our Lady was like and and how trusting she was, and and how much God let her go through to be a co-redeemer, to be his mother, to be exalted forever in heaven. How much it cost her. And we learn that lesson for ourselves, that when we don't say things clearly, and we don't understand what God is up to, and we don't understand how anything could come good, how anything good can come out of this, how could there be any reasonable explanation for what we're going through? Well, we realize, well, this is when we need faith. This is when we need to be like Our Lady. This is when we need to remember Elizabeth's compliment, right? Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what God spoke to her, that God will keep his promises, that these things do turn out for our good. The rosary is a wonderful investment, 20 minutes a day. For 20 minutes a day, we can do so much good by praying the rosary. Pope Pius XI, who's kind of like the forgotten Pius, Pius IX is famous, the famous Pio Nono. Pius X, also famous, Saint Pius X. Pius XII, the Pope during World War II, also famous. And I think no one really remembers Pius XI. Poor Pius XI is the forgotten Pius. And yet he says a beautiful thing about the rosary. The rosary, Pius XI wrote, the rosary is a powerful weapon to put the demons to flight and to keep oneself from sin. If you desire peace in your hearts, in your homes, and in your country, assemble each evening to recite the rosary. Let not even one day pass without saying it, no matter how burdened you may be with many cares and labors a weapon to put demons to flight, to keep ourselves from sin, a means to achieve peace, peace in our hearts, in our homes, in our country. It's an investment, 15, 20 minutes a day, but it's totally worth it. If you say the rosary faithfully until death, St. Louis de Montfort tells us, If you say the rosary faithful until death, I do assure you that in spite of the gravity of your sins, you shall receive a never-fading crown of glory. For even if you are now on the brink of damnation, even if you have one foot in hell, even if you have sold your soul to the devil, sooner or later you will be converted and will amend your life and save your soul. If you say the rosary devoutly, every day of your life. Incredible promise from St. Louis 
the Montfort. Even if we are on the brink of damnation, even if I have one foot in hell, even if I have sold my soul to the devil, if I pray the rosary, I will be converted and I will amend my life and I will save my soul. A worthwhile investment. And this makes sense, right? If we pray the rosary every day, we end up praying hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Hail Marys throughout our life. And in each Hail Mary, we say, pray for us sinners. Pray for us sinners. And what's a prayer for sinner? Well, conversion, right? Salvation. That we repent from our sins, that we get God's mercy to reach our souls. And so it's a powerful thing to pray every day, 50 times a day, if we pray one set of the rosary, five mysteries, 50 Hail Marys, 50 times a day, we say, pray for us sinners. And if we do two rosaries, well, over 50, 100 to do the math. (laughs) Pray for us sinners. And Our Lady's powerful before God, the refuge of sinners. And we say, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Now, right now, I need conversion. And at the hour of my death, especially. That special moment where God's mercy wants to bring me across the finish line of this life, victorious in his friendship, forgiven of my sins, in his grace, in his saving grace, loving God, being sorry for my sins, hoping in God, now and at the hour of my death. And St. Faustina says that the hour of death is a powerful moment for God's mercy. Yes, the devil is active, demons are active at the hour of death, but God's mercy is also very especially vigilant and wanting, looking for signs of repentance, looking for signs of life, supernatural life, looking for moments of grace, looking for any correspondence to grace, to mercy, to save souls. God's mercy is especially active and vigilant at the moment of death. And if we prayed the rosary, well, 50 times a day at least, we have asked for for grace, for her intercession at the hour of our death. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, that we convert if necessary or that we persevere in God's friendship at that key moment when we're about to enter eternity. I remember growing up, I'm sure many of you remember these commercials, Sally Fields, I think her name was Sally Fields or maybe Field, I can't remember if her last name is plural or singular, but she used to, I think it was like a Red Cross commercial. It was um, trying to raise money for uh, poor people in um, third world countries. And she would come on and they would show very moving, striking pictures of malnourished children in different parts of the, of the world. And, um, and she would make a pitch for your help. And she'd always say something like this, like, for $2 a day, you know, you can feed a village in this country. And for the price of a cup of coffee, your investment can do a lot of good for these people in need. 
And that always struck me as a boy, like, wow, that's, that's pretty interesting, right? That for a small sacrifice, for a small investment, um, we can do a lot of good for someone else in a more impoverished area. And that's kind of like the rosary, right? For a small investment, for 15 minutes a day, for 20 minutes a day, we build up treasure in heaven. We build up the grace of God. We, we get Our Lady to pray for us so that we're closer to God, so that there's more grace available for us to respond to. And for others, right? And for others, prayer is the foundation of the spiritual edifice. Prayer is all-powerful. St. Josemaria in the way. Prayer is all-powerful. And so it's a great thing to pray those five decades a day or more because it's an opportunity, right, not just to invest in our own salvation or to invest in grace for our own souls, but it's an opportunity to pray for others, right, to break out, to break out of my self-centeredness because so many times my concern, my imagination, my thoughts, and my prayers revolve around me, right, me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. How am I feeling? What do I need? What have I gotten done? Who's appreciating me? Who's not appreciating me? What do people think? What's going to happen to me? We we very easily become self-centered if we're not careful. And having these vocal prayers, right? 50 Hail Marys, five decades of 10 Hail Marys, the Our Father, the, the Litany of Loretto. Well, they're all opportunities to pray for others, and that's super important. Okay, this decade is for this cause. This decade is for this other thing that my friend asked me to pray for. Hey, this decade is for my family. This decade is for the church. To use the rosary to love others, to intercede for others, to pray for others. If you say the Holy Rosary every day, St. Maria, once again, with a spirit of faith and love, Our Lady will make sure she leads you very far along her son's path. To be led by Our Lady along her son's path. And her son's path is her son himself. Because Jesus is a person who's also a way. I am the way and the truth and the life. To say the Holy Rosary is not just to pray for things. It's to encounter Our Lady and with Our Lady to encounter our Lord. This is the way St. John Paul II described the Rosary. He said praying the Rosary is to contemplate our Lord with the eyes of his mother. To contemplate our Lord with the eyes of his mother. St. Josemaria puts it similarly here, right? To pray the rosary is to be led by Our Lady along the path of her son. And that might be a good, helpful thing, right? Sometimes when we're praying the rosary, if we're not walking, if we're sitting, to close our eyes. And if we're not in the car driving, right, if we're safe, to close your eyes. And imagine that in the one hand, you've got the rosary, and in the other hand, you're holding Our Lady's hand, right? You're holding the hand of your mother, Mary. 
to use that spiritual childhood to use our imagination to make her more real. To be like little children when we deal with Our Lady. Every Hail Mary is like a child just saying, Mommy, Mommy, help me. Every Hail Mary. Little children never tire of saying, Mommy, calling out to their mother. And little children, if their mother is good, like Our Lady is a good mother, feel so safe and feel so protected. And the mother truly is the solution to almost every need or problem that a little child has. If it's hungry, the mother will feed it. If it's cranky, the mother will soothe it. If it's tired, the mother will rock it to sleep. If it needs to be changed, the mother will clean it and change its clothes. Anything the child needs, the mother is the answer. If it's afraid, if it's afraid, and we get afraid in this day and age of ours, we're afraid of what's going to happen with politics. We're afraid of what's going to happen in the church. We're afraid of what's going to happen with aliens. We're afraid of what might happen to ourselves, right? We're afraid of rising crime rates. We're, you know, you name it, right? There's causes for anxiety in the world. And so like little children, we run to our mother. We fly to her patronage. We seek her help. We go to her protection. Right? Like little children, confidently, we go to Our Lady. And we do this by praying the rosary in this month of the rosary, October. And on this feast of the rosary, Our Lady of the Rosary, St. John of the Cross says, We receive from God according to the measure of our hope. Right? The more we hope to receive from God, the more we actually receive from him. We receive things from God according to the measure of our hope. And so let's dare, let's dream and dare to hope a lot from our Lord, to expect a lot of good things from our Lord, for ourselves, for our church, for our nation, for each other, for our families. And we do this by that multiplication of hope, which is Our Lady. Going to her intercession, our own merits and our own prayers get amplified, get magnified to God because of her holiness. And so as we dare to hope for great things from God, let's put those hopes also into Our Lady's hands so that she can take them and magnify them with that wonderful trust that she has. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things that God promised her. Our Lady, our Mother, our hope, pray for us.